I'm Simone Schultz, Managing Editor of Design Anthology. Today, we're talking inspiration, rituals, and design at home with interior designers JJ Acuna and Nelson Chow and feng shui designer Thierry Chow. We're recording in front of a live audience here at the Dream Apartment by Home Rituals and Asaya at Rosewood, Hong Kong. Our three guests tonight, they're obviously all personalities in their own right, and I'm really looking forward to having what I think will be a really inspiring conversation, like Ada said, about rituals, design, and also travel, um, which feels like something we can all start talking about a bit more, fingers crossed. Um, so before I get started, could you guys each introduce yourselves and tell us a bit about you and what you do? Terry, let's start with you. Sure. Hi, I'm Terry. Not Cruella, <laughs> or or Sia, like just yeah. If you <laughs> the famous feng shui master. Yes, I'm Thierry. <laughs> but anyways, so I am a feng shui designer, and uh, so my father is a feng shui master. So this is how I got into the the industry. So what I do is essentially just basically going to people's spaces and then. Helping, you know, just, you know, letting them know how to make it more balanced and just focusing on your wellness through your space, which is very important. Mm. Yeah. The balance. Yeah. So it, I'm very happy to be here today with literally like my BFFs. Yeah. yeah. We're like now a family, something. actually. Yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> we're like siblings. We were just having dinner two nights ago. Yeah. Uh, I'm Nelson uh, and I have a company, like a small studio in Hong Kong called NCDA. And I started with doing like restaurant projects, which is quite thematics, um, like Foxglove or Dr. Ferns. Or, and then later on, we developed more like um, private projects like um, the Lee Garden Lounge and also the New Fate Spa uh, in the peninsula. If you ever need to have a massage, then you can go to the, um, the top of the peninsula office building. It's called Fate. And then um, I recently just finished like my first building project called the Timber House. So a lot of it is, ha is quite thematic. And um, um, yeah, anyways, I'll just let JJ talk his <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm their BFF. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just hanging out here. Um, my name is JJ Acuna. Um, there's a tilde on the end, actually. Um, but I forgot how to type that in in the computer. <laughs> so it's everywhere as Acuna. But um, I came to Hong Kong in 2005, so I'm not originally from here. I was born in Manila, so half of my design studio is there. And I even have a smaller studio than his small studio here in Hong Kong, based in Causeway Bay. Um, we, I did corporate architecture for a while um, after moving in 2005. Uh, after 10 years of doing that for you know doing blue chip projects and stuff, I hated it. I wanted to kill myself. Uh, oh my God, this is going to be on a podcast. <laughs> uh, no, I think I already talked about it. And, um, and then found that I could actually have, uh, same as Nelson, have a business um, doing things that I actually loved, which is things focused on travel and food. So I also was in the hospitality space. 
Um, and now I'm in the luxury residential space um, for clients who came to our restaurants and wanted that hospitality and lifestyle perspective at home. So our projects are everywhere, Hong Kong, Bangkok, Tokyo, Manila, Ho Chi Minh coming up soon. Um, so we're, you know, we, we, we build pretty much all over the region. So, and Melbourne soon, so excited <laughs> about that. Great, thank you. What a gang. As you can see, um, all of these speakers kind of work at the intersection of rituals and space and design, which makes them pretty perfectly placed to talk about tonight's topic, which is um, finding inspiration at home and asking whether rituals and habits can kind of bring any of the same benefits that we find when we're traveling. Um, most creative people are explorers at heart. I know that before COVID, most of us were traveling pretty frequently all over the world. But since lockdowns and border closures, um, it's been ages since we've experienced the kind of excitement and adventure and inspiration that we get from exploring unfamiliar places. And so we've all had to learn to adapt, finding those things in our own backyards and even closer in our own homes. So that's kind of why I wanted us to talk about rituals and habits and how we might find some of the benefits that we're so sorely missing from traveling and if we can try to recreate some of those in our own private Everyone spaces. Everyone needs a home like this. this yeah. Right yeah. Yes. Step one, year. we'll yes. move in here. So, okay. Timeshare. <laughs> um, so before we start talking about that though, let's first talk about some of the benefits that we, that we find in traveling. So maybe we can talk about our top two or three. Terry, do you want to start us off? Um, for me, it's definitely, well, reading a map um, when you're traveling. Because um, I, I feel like it's, it's, it's when you're in a different place, you get to see how big the world is. And I love about traveling. Um, the second thing is connection. Definitely, that's a huge thing for me, which, you know, you can look at all kinds of pictures on Google. and then, But then when you go to that place in person, you get to experience that energy in person, um, meeting the people in that country, the culture. Um, so I, I feel like it's the energy that I crave when I travel. Mm. Yeah. For me, it's like every time I travel, it's like time to switch off from my work mode and really get to see a new place and um, try and understand like why are certain things like why a certain architecture is built a certain way. Um, my special like memory is like, like in Bali, there's a place called Capella, and they basically make these tents in the jungle, and every room is basically like like a tent. So in the daytime, you actually listen to the forest, the sound of the forest, but at night, um, it actually rains. So really get to like like enlighten or heightens your 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 connection with nature by. Um, by having like the experience of living in a tent, so like these experiences kind of help me to inspire my design in 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 my home, for example, that like I want to situate next to the forest and be able to just open the window and listen to the sound of insects. Yeah, um, to build off of what Nelson was talking about, I think the best thing for me about traveling is that it's. Um, it's letting go of perceived restrictions that we have in our day-to-day -day life. Mm -hmm. I feel if you're surrounded by the nine-to-fives and surrounded by a certain, um, like, daily ritual, of course, but you also go to work, you have to have meetings and stuff, 
you feel like you're not able to let go. Mm. And when, when we're in a sort of kind of societal structure and we, we're going through the motions, the, the great thing about traveling is like, first of all, it's like a new environment. Yeah. You're out of your patterns and mm. you're able to like really um, be, I guess, more, a better version of yourself. And when you're out there in the wild, right? And take in whatever the place have to offer you, whether it's a city or like the jungle or like, just take in what the place have to offer you and, and just learn it. Yeah, because we're, because if we're going through our day to day, we're like not taking anything in, we're, yeah. we're just like putting yeah. up walls. JJ's right? like, I have my certain way of doing things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like my way or no way. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's what I, <laughs> but what about when you come back from these incredible places? Do you feel like your home is a destination in itself? Or for you, was it more of a, a stopover point in between trips? And have you had to kind of readjust that now that we've, we're grounded? Is your home a destination or a stopover place? For me, I, I definitely see my home as just a place to recharge. Um, mm. and, and home is definitely where the heart is. Mm. So I feel it's, uh, the home is very important for sure for me to and just... Terry's place is really nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually by the water. Yes, like a loft, it is. Like yeah. Building. Yes. So um, it was really nice. A lot of windows. Uh, and yeah, so it's definitely a place where it's a sanctuary mm. for me. Yeah. yeah. And I think it helps us to just kind of define what a home should be. Like both Terry and JJ is very close to the water, but like... Um, after my past experience with like the, the forest or so I try and just locate my home either next to the seaside like previously I lived by the seaside but now I actually have an apartment very close to the forest um, I think the sighting of the location um, will help us design um, and our design should build not just within itself but we should have connection to the surrounding area so a, in a good design a good designer should really consider not just w what's within, but the, the, but the journey should begin way outside, even before you get to the design. I think for me, whether it's a destiny, I mean, my home is like a freaking museum of all of the stuff that I collect in my travels. Um, whether it's a tchotchke or a nice piece of contemporary art or a sculpture or a shawl or textile, um, I'm sh all of the people here are, are athletes, I'm sure, or else you wouldn't be here. <laughs> and, and I can imagine everybody has a similar situation at their home where they like to surround themselves with all of the energies and the vibrations that they've, they've felt or they, they've discovered when they've let go and went to all of those different places. So it's like a collection of my travels, which mm. I guess in itself is a destination. I like the idea of a home as a kind of repository for, for memories, but also things that, we, that really inspire us. Um, and I can tell that all of your homes are sources of inspiration for you, whether it's what's inside or just what's outside of it. It's definitely a refuge as mm. opposed to just in between. Yeah. I think everyone needs to be recharged like every day yeah. in a daily yeah. basis. Yeah. Um, let's go outside of the home again, and let's talk about these benefits. Um, you know, Terry, for you, was energy, Nelson, nature, JJ, the sense of um, stepping outside of our daily routine, or, you know, perhaps one of the other ones you mentioned. And um, I'd like to ask how you've developed a ritual or a habit in your home that uh, is 
is a way of recreating one of those benefits. Um, Nelson, maybe you can start us off. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I think every time I design a project, um, I try and study its connection to the nature. So it just happens that my home is next to the hillside. So inside, we, I, I built like um, a, a tree house, like a tree house inspired cabin. So you need to actually go up to um, via a ladder. Within a home, I think it's nice to, to separate between a work area and a sleeping area. So when you go up just to the cabin, all you th can think of is sleeping. Um, and sometimes it could be very simple, like just opening a window and applying a mosquito net. So at night, you can actually really just open the window and just listen to the sound of like the, the, the forest behind, or just raining outside. For me, like the thing that I love about traveling is to letting go of your inhibitions and all your parameters. And I feel that that's, I think, more of a perspective mm -hmm. and a state of mind. So for me, I discovered meditation like in my own practice, it's non-religious, nothing. It's just something I made up for myself mm. um, about eight, nine years ago, and I've been doing it every morning since. So ever since I've discovered meditating, I made sure in my home to create a space where I can just like kind of take a vacation of the mind. And I set the timer on my watch for f five minutes, eleven minutes a day, um, and and that's a way in which I can have that kind of feeling of travel without having to go anywhere. Mm. But I, in order to do that, you really have to prepare a space that's sacred in your home where you can do something like that. So it's dedicated to just like meditation. It's dedicated to meditation, yeah. Yeah, um, well mine is obviously based a lot on the feng shui philosophy, which is the five elements. So. I love the, the beauty of feng shui is it is telling us to reconnect or connect to nature. Because a lot of times when we are in a house or in a big city, you're in a you know, concrete jungle, you can often forget that you are connected to nature. Mm. Um, so I think feng shui is just telling you to relook at your space and say, okay, do I have some you know, plants in here? Because I don't get to look at plants that much. Um, get some marbles and water features in here so that you are reminded every day that you are connected to nature and that we are not separate from that, yeah. So I think the balance of material is really good and also like it should, the, the space should feel very um, warm and inviting. So like it could be like a very small wooden cabin where um, uh, but I think what theory said is very good. It should be a balance of of things and materials. Yeah, I, I want to add on to that. I completely agree. You know, the a, a perfectly balanced space has to have like timber touches, earthy touches, mm. like stone equals earth, mm. wood equals timber, and you need to add plants and the yeah. greens and you know the, the metallic features. Mm. Completely agree. It, it gives a sense, a kind of grounded feeling mm. of the space. Yeah. yeah. And of course, very good bed and bed sheets. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Bay <a> home. Yes. <laughs> and that was very subtle. I does. Yeah, very nice sheets. Um, so we spoke quite a bit about nature and that as a source of inspiration. Um, but can we talk about some like very practical things that you do in your home to kind of engender inspiration and maybe like a bit of a sense of 
adventure from your home. Um, JJ, you spoke about this idea of creating a, a specific physical space for meditation. Can we talk more about very practical, tangible things that, that kind of lead to inspiration in your own home? As interior designers, we look at um, the home as a series of, or uh, any space as a series of moments. So, mm. you know, I live in a space, like a loft style space, so we don't really have too many divisions. So it's very, it's very important for us to, to set, to create a staging or a set that, that really reflects your passion for that specific craft. So you should really have a work area or, or a creative area that, that really rep, rep represents and reflects that in a practical level, a meditation area. Or if you really value eating and preparing food, you should really have a beautiful kitchen that allows your food and your craft to be presented in, in a great way. Um, really, you know, really work at it hard. Or if you have a designer friend or designer, hire JJ or hire yeah. Nelson, <laughs> right? Um, and he can choose and, it for and you. Then, and then Terry, Terry can help you with, with all the materials. So I have to charge hire you guys. Terry first to look at the yeah, feng shui, yeah. right? And then hire me or JJ yeah. for that so other thing. Just really stage it and set it in a very considered and humanistic and careful way that really reflects your values and how you want to live. I guess like similar to my home, I, I d have a delicator here for sleeping and that'll be the uh, the timber cabin that is raised. But at the same time, because my apartment is like super small, it's like only like a one bedroom. So how can I make it very functional so then like we can have really nice dinner party below the bed, um, like a huge table to put like very nice ceramic plates that JJ is talking about. And above is a sleeping quarter but I think it's good to have like dedicated spaces for each of the function. So we don't really like, I think some tasks you can multi-use, like the table you can use is also the place where you work um, and have dinner. But like some tasks like sleeping, I think it should be quite dedicated to just sleeping and or meditation. Really each of them should have their own character and characteristic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I always say um, that your space reflects who you are. And it's so basically every time I go into a person's um, house or their apartment, it's actually actually kind of like going into a, a storybook. Mm. So I get to look at the person's story mm. through their space, which is really nice because you kind of get to get to know them very personally. Yeah. And um, so it's every room should have its own story and its own chapter. And so what kind of story do you want to tell through your space? And that's what's important. Yeah. Were there horror stories? <laughs> <laughs> that's your job to uh, fix. Yeah. yeah. That, that yeah. happens yeah. sometimes. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so, Thierry, then, are there any kind of feng shui rituals or traditions that specifically kind of engender creativity and, um, I get yeah, I guess like free thinking and, and untethered. Um, and tethered like creativity. Yes, for sure. Um, well, feng shui, you know, as you know, is all about arranging furnitures or even, you know, adding objects into your space. So it's really important for you to actually ask yourself, why am I putting this object here? Or why am I putting this artwork here? Mm -hmm. So through asking yourself these questions, you're able to be more aware of what you're doing and your mental and physical and spiritual wellness. 
So that is something that is sort of like a ritual for me too as well. It's like once in a while I look at my space and I go, why do I have this, you know, artwork here? Or I don't, I no longer want this um, book here. So maybe I should switch it out. Um, and then the other thing is, is also, you know, in the Chinese um, culture, every Chinese New Year is when you actually redo your feng shui for your space. So I encourage everyone to, you know, do a big purge every year. Um, I do it every like couple months, uh, and then you basically every time you do that, you open up room for yourself for creativity, to manifest new things. Um, because a lot of times it's very stagnant when you don't look at yourself or you don't, you keep things for like a few years and it's all dusty <laughs> and then, you know, like maybe you broke up with this boy or this girl like five years ago and you still kept his like, you know, belongings. Right. So it's like, you know, you're like, oh, I no longer want, I want to manifest a new relationship. So I'm getting rid of this stuff here. So I think that's, um, yeah. It's an annual process. Yes. You it take really it seriously. Is. I mean, yeah. I've been working with her for eight, nine years for my own personal spaces, mm -hmm. and it's it uh, just there's this feeling of vitality every year mm -hmm. after um, you you help me move things around <laughs> like a tornado. Yeah, but it's great. Yeah, because the core uh, philosophy of feng shui it comes from the book of I Ching, which is the book of change. So change is the the core of nature. Um, people, everything is in this universe is all about change. It's the only thing that's permanent. Mm. You gotta go with the flow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks, Terry. Um, yeah, that's that's really encouraging to hear. I think because the more we spend time in our homes, the more we kind of want to revive yeah. them. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, how about Nelson and JJ? Can you talk about uh, if you have specific ideas about how spatial design shapes moods and emotions and experiences specifically to do with this idea of, um, again, like inspiration within a set, a set space and set parameters? Mm. Um, yeah. Well, like I usually design, like for example, like restaurants. Um, like Mrs. Pound, I look at the Shawan district. It's like basically, it doesn't start with a stamp shop because the neighborhood is already like an antique district and that's why I created a stamp shop. So I, I think like a lot of the times when I start studying a project, I don't just look at what the client wants from it. I also study the location because I think any good project, it should start with its relationship with the surrounding context. Um, and then, once you build the story, then you, you need to consider not just the space, but then we develop like further things like furniture, lighting, and the ceramic plates or, or graphics or the color or texture, and work with the feng shui master, obviously. Mostly every project I need to work with a feng shui master. <laughs> and I, I have worked with Terry in some of the projects. So then um, basically it, we create an experience for the user so when they come into your space, they can really feel it without like any interruption. So everything from the big to the small should be designed holistically to create the journey. Yeah, I mean, when you're when I help clients design their space or when you design your space, I think you really should take your the things that you love really seriously or t take the client what they love really like really listen to them. Mm. If 
a lot of my clients come to me because they've been to my restaurants. So obviously they love travel, they love hospitality, they love hosting guests and people. So it's always about trying to really add value to the floor plan uh, or to the part of the house that really um, cherishes and honors the things that they enjoy doing, I enjoy doing. So I always, I have this huge, you know, dining table, um, cherry from New England, because I really love that kind of tactility, and I love people to be surrounded by really old things. Mm. Um, and, and I love a, a table to be placed in a certain way when I serve food. Um, yeah, so you gotta just make space for the things that you love and throw away things that probably you, you don't really love. Just because everybody watches Netflix doesn't mean <laughs> that you have to have a big TV for it too. If you love something like reading more or having artworks more than you actually do value Netflix, you really need to audit what you have in your space and, yeah. and let go of the things yeah. that... You can't have everything. You can't have everything just to keep up with the Joneses. You really have to be curated and be careful yeah. with what you put in your space because everything has energy, everything has vibration, and everything should be a celebration of what you love. I think every project just try and pick on one or two things and then make it very good right. instead of having everything kind of mediocre. Yes, mm. yes, just to keep up with everyone. I like this idea of editing and auditing. It brings me back to the idea of a suitcase. Again, when we travel, you have to be so specific what you pack. Mm. You really have to think about things, what you're bringing back into your home. Whereas I suppose when we, when we aren't doing that, we don't have to think about that as much. Mm. Um, uh, I'm also curious off notes. JJ, this idea of meditation and this practice that you've developed, it mm. sounds like it's been relatively recent. or I've been meditating for eight, nine years already. Okay. Yeah. And how, do you, how does that uh, kind of directly correlate with your creative process? Um, it, the thing with creative creativity is it's, you don't design in a vacuum. Because you know you you this my friend is next door Terry and then Nelson is around and mm. there and then there's um, designers that I admire and I love uh, halfway around the world and the the point being that there you are bombarded with so much visual information and spatial information mm. Mm. and in addition to that your clients on a day-to-day -day life and uh, giving you things that you sh maybe you should design it this way or maybe I want it this way and things like that you understand you know it's it's a we're essentially giving doing a service you know so service is an energy exchange back and forth so for me meditation allows me to be in a state of trance or travel you know when I remember when I'm walking the streets of Milan in the design district and it's just, I'm not even thinking. I'm just kind of like osmosis, letting the energy of the space come in. So the idea of that is to drown out unnecessary noise, unnecessary voices, and to really find the inner voice, which is in your gut, and to allow that to really rem remind you and guide you to be that is the ultimate voice because your clients and your community are supporting you for your perspective and your voice. Mm. And if you don't listen to that, then you have lost your value. So what I try to do as a home ritual is always every day try to find my voice. And it is a process. Some days are better than others. Mm. 
Do do you guys have something that's a similarly kind of meditative process? Basically, you know, JJ and I talk about meditation all the time, and we high five each other, like all the time. Um, so basically, it is very important to let's say this: are, are you able to stay present in your own home? Um, if you're not, then there is something there that you need to work on. Um, so it's very important to to also be more aware of are there things that distract you. Um, so I, I basically meditate every day as well, um, and I do it for like an hour, two hours every day, just to to just kind of similar to what JJ was saying um, that you should basically go inward um, and then stay focused and aligned. Um, so yeah, so that's something that's quite important. I think it's, I totally agree with them. I think like even if I don't meditate, I think everyone just needs to have like a, a place of refuge every day that just have a time that they just not having to think about work and then they can really kind of stand back and on the next day get refreshed before the, the another hectic day. And by the way, meditation is a trance mode. So mm. it, you don't have to be sitting in silence. You can be playing tennis. You could be running and jogging. You could mm. be walking the streets of a neighborhood in Hong Kong that you are not familiar with and just getting lost. So um, anything that allows you to feel not triggered mm. by whatever you hear or see, uh, there's so much kind of information these days. But the most important value is who, who you are and what you really feel and what you really believe in. Mm -hmm. hmm. um, I want to talk about, again, something a bit more present and real, and that's our senses, right? I mean, the, the physical tasting or smelling and seeing and, and hearing, um, which have become uh, kind of heightened in this time when we're, we're just exposed to so much of everything, really, even though we're still at home. We're probably on the internet more, probably observing more media. Um, it's kind of like a constant influx. But then um, there's also certain smells that can transport me somewhere immediately. So frying egg in a certain way, I'm in Bangkok. Um, oh. Or, uh, you know, the smell of sandalwood, I feel like I'm on a beach that I remember. Or even a fabric can remind me of my parents' home. Things that are so transportative uh, based on a sense. Um, so, could we talk a bit about about things that you're doing and that you do that are very related to these senses, smell, sound, taste, even sight, and what kind of um, memories or feelings these things evoke in each of you in your homes? Um, Nelson, do you want to start? So, I, I often just burn like Palo Santo. Um, I even have the perfume. <laughs> but I just like wood smell in general. But, mm -hmm. but I don't really burn it every day. Um, but I like just like in autumn times, like even nowadays, like I just open the window at night and just just connect with nature, just by s sleeping with the window open. And, mm. and I, I think the sound um, really helped me to just relax and not to worry about work. Mm. So it's really just try and treasure the time while I'm at home to be just like more like still and pulse. Yeah, I, I'm hypersensitive to smell as well. Mm. So I love candles and perfume. Um, so there's this perfume that actually I have that actually introduced by our friend. So it smells like a church. So it, it reminds me of when you go into like a, um, like what, a European. Which one is that? 
I forgot the name, but I will take a picture and share mm. it. Yeah. But um, yeah, it smells like a church, which is something that is meaningful to me. Um, not, I mean, spiritually and just, uh, just love that, like the incense smell mm. and when you go into a temple. Um, and then I, I prefer also very wood scent as well. And Palo Santo, mm. I do that every day. And um, yeah, so it's, it's, I think it's just um, whatever is meaningful to you. I think that's yeah. the key. I think everyone have like a different kind of meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just finding the the scent that is meaningful to you is really yeah. important. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I'm going to pick sound on this one. I mean, smell, I love burning sage and Palo Santo yeah. and stuff as well. But I remember Hong Kong has changed since 2019 a lot. And a lot of my friends who used to live here have moved to different places. Um, and that's been sad because my home was really like a place where they would all converge and I would hear their sounds and their stories right at the dinner table. Um, so I don't, I haven't really told anybody, but I started, this year was like, oh yeah, I'm going to start a podcast. So I started a podcast and now I'm on episode 13. At any rate, you could look it up, just type my name, JJ Acuna in whatever, and you'll find the podcast. It's called whatever. Aligned by design. But the point being, like, um, I started, there are so many reasons to miss friends in 2020 and even Mm -hmm. more so in 2021, especially because I can't travel and see them. And they're, like, Mm -hmm. really interesting people. And there were conversations over the dinner table that I really missed having. And the whole reason for this podcast is so I could hear them again and to have a chat and talk with them again. So the table that I had in my home that was for design, interior design, you know, I design fully now in the um, Causeway Bay office. So now at home, it's like a whole podcast setup, right? It's been changed over to sound. Um, So it's great. It's great listening to them again and speaking about very interesting and specific topics related to well-being and healing and all the things that are not really related to my design business. But um, I don't know if I would have started this um, in a non-pandemic. It was a very uh, ballsy move and it was a very, for me, I mean, I'm sure everybody in this room may have a podcast. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the next thing, right? But but it it was a really great way to bridge back uh, and to hear their voices again. Um, we were, JJ, just now, uh, before we started talking also about this idea of how we have, and I don't know about you guys, but people come into our home so much more now because of COVID and lockdowns Mm. and like the home has become this place where, um, our friends gather and, um, yeah, it's like it's become a place where, where relationships are being built, whereas before it would be more out in restaurants and bars and in the gym, if that's your thing or wherever, um, and so I wanted to know now how you use your home as a place of community. Yeah, I think it goes back to um, how you s- put, I guess, like, you know, every in every room in your space to pay more attention to what intention you want for that space. For, for example, like, if you want to build an r- entertainment room for your friends, um, it's very different when you don't have that intention. So mm. I don't know if you, you know, you can start to practice this 
is when every time you're going to a different space. Rain strangers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but every time you go into a different space, um, it is never really just the aesthetic that attracts you. It's always the people. It's the energy of the people in that room mm. that makes it comfortable or, or something, you know, about that room. Uh, but it's never like, oh, look how pretty this couch is, which I love as well. Like, it's very important to have very beautiful things um, but it's also being able to tell the difference and once you can do that then you're able to build that inside your own space I've just been more curated about who I invite in my home that's <laughs> a, but but that because it's come to things because everything has vibration so whatever I bring into my space now I Maybe it's just also being 41 years old and like kind of like I'm done like with, <laughs> but but in addition to that, it's just um, what was the question? Sorry. <laughs> I uh, I just wanted to know about your home as a kind of place for community uh, and yes, and of course we together. support the restaurant industry because they oh. also give us our jobs. So please support the restaurants, the F and B. But you know when all the restaurants and stuff were closed, um, it was a lot of we home, we home do cooked dinner dinners. Party. Yeah, dinner party. Yeah. yeah. So um, I guess I mean. Like even the, the the table that I had designed, I mean, is already catering for like six to eight people. But um, I think, like I even before thinking of hosting dinner parties, I always imagined the table should um, the dining table should be a place that is very cozy, that I can look out into the window, um, into the forest around us, and then it's below my little treehouse. So in a way, it is already designed in a very cozy way that is okay for inviting friends to come over. So yeah. um, creating a place with um, the sense of how its connection to the surrounding nature environment um, to build like an, an ambience. Mm. And the ambience is basically not just the interior, it's the interior and its surrounding and also the interior and its contents. So be selective what you choose yeah. and also the interior it's nothing with the interior without the people. Yeah. So it's everything together that create a holistic um, feeling that kind of attracts you or, or make you hate it. Yeah. That said, I've had more and more new clients um, in 2021 that really dis rediscovered the value of hosting people, mm. um, which I've discovered as well, like even more so. Um, so that's really great to see coming from an F&B background great to see to bring those concepts in their space like carving out 40 percent of the space just to hosting which is like really interesting mm. Mm. can you talk a bit more about that um just on this idea of like bringing f and b concepts into the home specifically with this idea of hosting and, and kind of bringing people into your space in mind oh you did the, the, the home i mean like open that. yeah like we're doing things like you know, Hong Kong is notoriously like famous for not having adequate sized homes. Um, and then, but I've all, most of my clients have been showing me like images that they've found clippings of like amazing like home kitchens in Europe and you know, America and stuff like islands and all this stuff. So um, we, are, we are trying to, we're like now in 
you know, we're now designing banquettes. Um, so, like, clients are, like, having restaurant banquettes, mm. which is basically stationary seating because there's no room to pu to push back a seat. Because chairs take up more space. Chairs, so loose chairs take up. So, you know, like, lighting that we would source for restaurants, like, we would order for the home. Um, mm. Top-notch marble, top-notch stone, um, beautiful um, appliances. I'm designing more bars in the home, like real bars, um, in addition to the kitchen and to the dining table. So it's like really, really fascinating um, how much Hong Kong people really want to bring that lifestyle and F&B um, environment into their private space. It speaks volumes um, about the I think the they're more open-minded now, open yes. nowadays. Um, since they need to host a lot more like dinner parties. And also back then there was a concept of the dirty kitchen and the clean kitchen. Um, so they're, they're Hong Kong people are, are discovering that the kitchen is something that to be celebrated and to be part of the front of house experience. So it's great. It's giving us more leeway to be like more open and more um, kind of uh, energetic with, with dining at the home. Anne's has a really nice kitchen. Uh, yeah, I saw on Instagram yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, the last question before we open up to some audience questions. Uh, are there some rituals and habits you've developed specifically since kind of the beginning of last year when things started um, that you think you'll take with you even when the world opens up again and life returns to normal or a new version of normal? Um, specifically kind of COVID as a, as a direct results of this period um, that you think you'll keep even when life and the pace picks up again and things start to look a little different again? I really discovered cooking um, and podcasting f through this period. So definitely I'm gonna continue both of those things. Uh, I look at like how much I buy at a grocery store and how much I spend on one dinner in Hong Kong and I'm like, oh my, I never had any concept of money <laughs> until like I bought groceries and made food for myself. And then you save a lot. And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and it tastes so good. It tastes so good. So yeah, that I would definitely mm. take that with me. Yeah, definitely you, you spend a lot more time to cook at home. And, and I think after COVID is finished, you, you will still s like do the same thing once in a while. So you, you pay more attention to your home environment to make it nice. Mm. And, and really take more time like, to, to embrace yourself um, and your home. I suppose like in COVID, like pre-COVID, we just keep traveling to different places and, and it seems like everything is just non-stopping. And, and now we have the time to just stop and reflect. And I really enjoy that kind of refuge and, and getting refreshed for the new day. And I think after COVID, we will still do that like periodically. Mm. Yeah, I think mine is just, um, just taking more rest and like more break because I think before COVID everyone was just like yeah. keep going and going and I feel like because of the whole pandemic I really got to sit and just take a break and now yeah. I really want to take a break all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I think especially Asia and yeah. every, every client's like rushing yeah like rushing rushing and do we actually create better design as a result mm -hmm. we were like no and actually during COVID we have more time and we could actually produce a bit less, but better designs. Mm. More considered. Thank you.
I like the idea of luxury um, and being not luxury as you know, just being being able to really take your time with something. Um, yeah, I think that's one thing that should stay. I think we learn to pace. spend our time more wisely and yeah, for sure. better use our, our of our limited time. And yeah. we really treasure the time that we go out. We want to go out to a good place, yeah. as opposed to be yeah. in a mediocre place because. It's the only time that we see our friends. <laughs> you might as well go to a very nice experience together, right? Yeah. 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 I also found um, cooking and preparing food for friends also an equally meditative experience. Um, and a podcast doesn't make me any money. It just makes me happy too. So it's even if you're finding a hobby or something else that has nothing to do with your mainstream um, source of income through because of COVID, that's already an amazing um, thing for you and your soul, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's, you know, about doing less, but gaining more for yourself. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Excellent. And good bed sheets. And good bed sheets. Great bed sheets. <laughs> Bay at home. <laughs> um, before we wrap up, does anyone in the audience have any questions for our panelists? Which are your favorite rooms oh in your bedroom. house? That's a great question. That is a good question. I guess that would be, depending on how you def define room, right? Because for me, a room is just the whole space. Um, but if I have to pick one, I guess it would be the bedroom. Yeah. Somewhere that I can like, basically do everything. <laughs> <laughs> Make it very multifunctional. <laughs> with 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 bad sheets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every time if I just climb up climb up the ladder to my bedroom, I mean my, to my little cabin, I can just forget about like everything else. It's just be focused and just relax. I love um, I love every room in my <laughs> house, and that's because I set it up because so you're I could greedy. so I could no I set it up so I can love it. Um, <laughs> or else, what's the point? Um, but I'll one room specifically, like the living room. I've set it up so I've got all of these like really long bookshelves because mm. I love my books from university are still up there. Um, I love coffee table books. I love art books. Um, and I've started putting art. I've started collecting and purchasing over there and all my knickknacks. It's just like the whole story of m me on the shelf. So I love that. How do you know when a ritual is no longer serving you in the way that it mm. used to? And it might be time for a new ritual or a different ritual? Good question. Um, I don't know if like it has something... I, like I'll, I'll take ritual as pattern, like everyday patterns, and every like a job could be a ritual. Um, your your company could be like a cult, you, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Or you, what you do in the home could be ritualistic. Obviously, that's what we're talking about. But um, for me, definitely the thing that popped into my mind when you asked your question is. I had a statement in my mind when I quit my corporate job and started my design studio, and that statement was, a challenge stops becoming a challenge once the challenge becomes a struggle. Mm. 
So there is a, f a line, and there's a line between the effort and the energy that you put into something. So challenge, challenge, fun, fun, challenge, challenge, and then struggle, uphill battle, uphill battle, struggle, struggle, like a relationship. struggle. That is maybe <laughs> when, you, when you quit your things that don't work out for you, your job, relationships, um, cut cords, um, or even a, a house that's become stagnant. Like, I'm not feeling creative in this space anymore. That's when you start looking for another space, yeah. or looking for another office, right? Or yeah. things like that. So it's, and as back to what you were saying, Terry, that the only constant in this world is change. So if you, do, if you go with the flow, don't fight change, don't fight, you know, uh, keep it challenging, then y I think you're pretty good. Yeah, and um, so a good habit versus a bad habit. Um, for me, good habit is something that is infinite. And a bad habit is something that is limited. So therefore, if you fear yourself, it, a good habit should make you love yourself more. It should make you love more. Um, and a bad habit is something that's just the opposite, yeah, it drains you. You're angry at everything and You're everyone. Yeah, hateful, angry. Yeah. So, yeah, so Sometimes you Sometimes it's very hard to make a decision just how to cut it. Yeah, but so it, it's... It's um, important to know yeah, and just do it. Yeah, and just do it. But, you know, sometimes we end up forcing ourselves to change a habit, but that's something that it doesn't happen overnight. So just remember when you're a child, like how you pick up a bike and start biking it took a few tries right like it's never just like oh my god i can like just ride a bike or walk even walk as a baby you have to try many times so it's all about starting that one first step and then you building that up it takes about 21 days to actually form a habit scientifically <laughs> apparently um so if you can pass that 21 days then actually you start to form a new habit yeah, so it doesn't always happen overnight. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you three so much. That was really insightful. And I feel like a little bit of a group therapy session as well towards the end. <laughs> Thank you very much.